You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? It is Thursday. We are in the um, we're in the thick of it now, Ryan Talbot. Training camp is officially here. The pads will be on soon. We don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or Saturday, but definitely in the next two days. And we saw a lot today. We're moved inside uh, out in Orchard Park. The, uh, the rain was coming down pretty good in the early morning, so they moved it inside. And the, the nice change this year is that the you know, media is going to be able to go inside. Uh, and watch the practices. So that was good. Uh, this is the Shop Buffalo Bills football podcast, as promised, every day after practice at some time. And, and the time's going to move around a little bit. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't mean to throw you guys off. You might get a couple different notica- notifications depending on, you know, where we have to move this time. We're trying to fit it in. Uh, Ryan did a podcast. I'm doing a radio show in a little little while. Uh, but just just keep it locked on the YouTube page and that's or or the, our Twitter accounts and that's usually the best way uh, to watch. Um, Ryan, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. <laughs> As you're chasing a fly down there, dude. Yeah. There's a fly in here. Oh, that's gonna bother you throughout this show. You better get it. Get uh, out of here. This is my office. Come that's on. Right. Um, all right. All right. Uh, you know. All right. Let's reset here because <laughs> we can't be having a fly throw uh, throw us off our game. Quick shout out, uh, Therese Paler, uh, our guy, uh, rest in peace, my friend, uh, just got this shirt actually recently, uh, goes to support a cause, uh, in his honor. And, uh, I highly recommend search all juice team. Um, he did that every year and, uh, you know, keep his memory alive. Uh, shout out to him. So a lot to get unpack here. We got about a half hour. Uh, I want to, I want to, uh, make this kind of a truncated version because once we get the pads on. We're going to have a little bit uh, longer discussion. Uh, this is the Shout Bills podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Tops Fresh Burger Bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Tops Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. You know whose smile was ear to ear today? Micah Hyde. Uh, when he was talking about Carlos Boogie Basham, who I I joked online boogied all the way to the end zone after tipping a pass thrown by Josh Allen 
bringing it in, running it back for six points, a touchdown. And this was that big moment for Boogie Basham. He had some nice plays in the spring. We talked a lot about Gregory Rousseau yesterday. But, Ryan, this is some one of the things about Basham that I think that uh, hasn't been talked about enough. His unbelievable flexibility, but athleticism. A guy that can play on the edge, has that ability to make plays rushing from the outside. They've also talked about using him on the inside on first, second, and third down. There's really not a lot of things that you can't do with Boogie Basham. Yeah, Boogie Basham had a great day today. Like you said, the play of camp thus far, obviously we're early, but tipping, intercepting a pass, running in for a touchdown. Uh, As you mentioned in the article, you, you know, veterans learn your name quickly when you make a big play, and that's exactly what he did on Thursday, uh, Hyde also had some other reasons to smile. Having Aaron Rodgers mention him by name in that press conference yesterday mm-hmm. as someone who kind of got away, and Hyde talked really glowingly about his time there, but also mentioning that he wouldn't give up Buffalo for the world So uh, when he met with the media. So, yeah, you know, it, it's a nice to see these veterans taking notice of the young guys, uh, the, the Boogie Bashams of the world, the Greg Rousseau's who's standing out just for his sheer size alone, but making some plays, as you mentioned. Uh, you had a nice little tidbit about A.J. Epineza. So that's what we want to see with these young defensive ends, defensive linemen, as we expect the Bills to kind of take that next step defensively in 2021. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Jerry Hughes out. It's going to give a lot of guys different opportunities. There wasn't that big splash play from Epinesa today, but I thought some of the um, battles that he had with uh, Bobby Hart, who I I know you're probably sitting there saying, well, it's Bobby Hart. Uh, I, I thought some of those battles today were interesting, and I thought Bobby Hart held up pretty well. And A.J. Epinesa has had some good reps in the spring against some of the, you know, even Deion Dawkins, uh, when he was in there, he's still out with the um, – uh, on the COVID list, but uh, so that's that's good to see as well. Gregory Rousseau, you know, talking to Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer about him today, and it's just like it's like everybody else. I mean, NFL players, not only Bills players, but Hyde said he was talking to guys around the league. It's like you see a guy at that size with that kind of freakish arm length, and opposing offenses hate to see that because it makes things difficult at the line of scrimmage, and that's what makes going to make things so. Nice for Micah Hyde in the secondary is all of a sudden, if you're able to cause a lot more chaos, Jerry Hughes is so good. I mean, he's Hmm. one of the best pressure creators in the NFL, but he's, he's an undersized defensive end. You add a guy like Gregory Rousseau, Effie Obata that have those big long arms and have that size. And that's where things get interesting. I thought he had two sacks today, but I was kind of um, a Gregory Rousseau, but the one play uh, I I guess uh, I, I, went to Joe Biscaglia and he thinks that they got it off in time. So I'm just going to say that it was pressure caused by Gregory. So there was one play uh, on a Jake Fromm pass. Nice catch by Marquez Stevenson. We'll talk about him in a little bit, Uh, but Rousseau's getting into the backfield and that's what you want to see this time of year. Yeah, and it doesn't just help the players in the secondary, like you mentioned. It help, helps uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who is expected to take another big leap in production this year. It helps Matt Milano and those linebackers. It frees things up for them. It helps them make some plays, too. So if this defensive line is the real deal, if they are improved in Eric Washington's second year, uh, then, then kind of, you know, look out because the secondary is going to have their chances to make some big plays, the linebacking group as well. It, it's just an encouraging sign thus far. Now, once the pads come on, let's see if they can keep it up. 
Indeed, indeed. Um, let's talk about a, you know, let's get to Josh Allen's day. I think that's very important to highlight how sharp he's been these last two days. And, you know, when we were talking to Emmanuel Sanders today, everybody was excited to talk about uh, uh, to him and he, he kind of brought up Josh's throw on his own. And if, if you go back to the practice, I mean, it was a bang, bang play. And the bills put out a, a, a video that I don't even really think shows how impressive a throw is he split Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and fought and just put it where Cole Beasley could he had some pressure kind of coming up in his face but he let the play develop he saw the once that once Cole made his move he slung it in there and it was just I, I mean I guess in a lot of ways if you're a Bills fan you've just become used to this we talked about this yesterday I don't t- put a good day for Josh Allen in my observations anymore because m- they're all good uh, but today it was a little bit different. He, the way that he was working the ball around, how crisp his passes were. This was superstar Josh uh, that we saw so much last year. Cole Beasley's playing well. Isaiah McKenzie's playing well. I want to talk about him and what I wrote about him as well. But for Emmanuel Sanders to come in here, day two of training camp and a very limited basis. This is a guy that played with Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. And he said that Josh Allen on day two of training camp pulled off a throw he had never seen before. I mean, the confidence level of this offense and what a defense that, you know, let's be honest, the Bills defense wasn't great last year. They were probably top 12-ish, top top 14. But this is a defense that's been really good for a long time under Sean McDermott. And the respect they have for this offense now with all the weapons that they have. I mean, it's considerable when you talk to guys like Poirier and Hyde. Yeah, it almost has to be night and day based on uh, the early tenure of of Sean McDermott and and this team because the defense carried the way for for a few years there and they were the elite unit and now you have an offense that can go toe to toe with them every single day so it, it's going to be good for both units to have such strengths but you know Emmanuel Sanders you you mentioned the quarterbacks you can tell we've worked together for a long time I was going to bring up those same three names. He's played with some great NFL talent, and he sits here and says, that's the first time I've seen a throw like that in my 12 years, jaw-dropping, things like that. So it it just goes to show you that Allen is is just picking up where he left off, second place in MVP MVP voting one year ago, uh, and looking like a star player. So you're right. We don't want to sit here and say good day for Josh Allen, but we also don't want to make it ho-hum because Bills fans – you do deserve this. You, you waited a long time from the Jim Kelly days for a franchise quarterback to uh, be drafted and be developed and be there. And, and it sure looks like they have that guy now who's making some great plays and who's having some wide receivers also make some great plays for him uh, throughout these practices. I got a couple of requests. Head over to Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. You can read my observations piece, 10 observations from today's practice. I'm going to talk about most of those today. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. I know the timing is going to be all over the place. We were a little bit later today. We're going early or or, uh, later yesterday. We're going early today. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button so you always get the notifications. Hopefully, they're coming through on, on YouTube. And share the episode out so we can get other Bills fans in here. The chat's always popping. I appreciate you guys. Uh, let's go to Isaiah McKenzie because I wrote something today. Uh, he might be the best backup in the NFL. And, and when you first see that statement, I think it could be jarring. But I want to talk about what I'm thinking here. This is a guy that I think on any other team is your starting slot receiver. And there's been some buzz in the NFL Uh, You know, through all this Cole Beasley controversy that, you know, I've seen several national reporters. I think Doug Farrar is the one that I'm thinking of. And I 
someone else, oh, Lindsey Jones from The Athletic mm-hmm. recently said it as well, um, that Cole Beasley's not even the best slot receiver on his own team. Now, I disagree <laughs> with that. I think Cole Beasley is the best slot receiver in the NFL, and I also think he's the best slot receiver on the Bills. But, man, if if Cole at this stage, I think Cole Beasley's 1A, and I think Isaiah McKenzie is 1B. Ryan, he's so special with the way that he's able to move on the field and how he's also able to move in unison with the way that he receives the ball. And so a lot of times what I think Isaiah does so well is that he doesn't have to stop his progression or his movement to receive the ball. He's so good at, at providing a target and running almost seamless. I can't even explain it. He just <laughs> There's no transition from when the ball is about to hit his hands to when he's running after the catch. And that's what makes him so hot, tough. And, and I think it was Jordan Poyer that said it. Man, we hate to see him catch the ball because we know – we're going to hear it because he loves to talk. I get, I didn't even see it, but I guess on the Bills Instagram story yesterday, uh, Isaiah McKenzie joked, Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Isaiah McKenzie and I'm the face of the Bills franchise, joking around. And, you know, he's always got something to say. He's so, even during uh, practice today, he, he was saying something off to some, some Bills uh, folks off to the side. He's got so much energy and he's a fun player to cover. But I think that as fun as he is, the talent level has caught up with all the uh, energy. Yeah, and it's funny because even before I saw your observations for the day on the podcast I recently did with the Herd Report, they said, you know, the top four wide receiver spots are locked up. Who claims the final two or three jobs? I said, well, I think there's actually five jobs locked up. I think that you can put Isaiah McKenzie in Sharpie as well. Uh, And not just because he's going to be the leading return man option on this team and not because he can do – Uh, all those gadget plays. It's because he has improved significantly as a receiver from the first day that he, he joined the bills till now, like you said, he could be a starter across this league in many spots. He's that good. He showed it in week 17 against the dolphins, how how he could work out of the slot and get open scoring two touchdowns there uh, from Josh Allen, the first half of that game alone. He is the real deal. Like you said, he brings a lot of energy. Uh, His teammates love him. Even last year, I I can't remember how many times I saw Instagram stories where um, they had that little uh, mannequin dressed up like Isaiah McKenzie, and it was like a child size, and they were joking that that was (laughs) him. And he was always kind of like the butt of the joke, but in a playful manner. They're always teasing about his size, but they know that they love the guy. They know that they have a player who can do a little bit of everything. And I think Brian Dable knows that they have a player that can do a little bit of everything. So they're in good shape if Cole Beasley were to miss some time, if he suffered some kind of injury. They know that they have someone that's more than capable of coming in and putting up similar numbers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his rookie year, I remember uh, they brought him over from Denver and he was he still does during the season. He lives out of a hotel. I think it's a courtyard Marriott. He always posts it when he gets back to Buffalo, a picture of it. I mean, he's just such a unique character. In his rookie year, he was living out of a suitcase that he had in the center of the Bills locker room. I mean, just just the funniest mm-hmm. dude and a guy that, like, those are the kind of glue guys in the locker room that, like, everybody, like, you know, they joke around with them and they'll, they'll talk back and forth. But, you know, he's loved in that locker room. And you've seen some of the interactions this offseason with Cole Beasley. And in a lot of ways, as – as funny and quirky as McKenzie could be, he's low key a, a team leader 
in in that in the way that he handles himself in the building, the way he brings people together, the way that he kind of showed up. Whatever you think about the Cole Beasley thing, he was always one of the first guys to come out and say, "Man, I, I love you, Cole. Like you're, you're you're my guy." And so this is a very close knit group and a close knit group with a ton of talent. And one guy that I think is going to, no matter how well he performs this summer into preseason. He's going to have a tough time making this roster, and it's Marquez Stevenson. As good as I think um, he has the potential to blossom into being, and he had a big day today. I wrote about it. He made two or three really good plays in the passing game, had a really nice rep in uh, one-on-one. They did some one-on-one wide receivers versus DVs. Uh, Didn't make the catch. I can't remember if he fell or it was overthrown, but I, I remember a really good route. You saw some of his quickness, his route running ability. Uh, which is good news, and he made a couple of plays in the in the team drills as well. But I really think it's an uphill battle for him to make this this roster. And McKenzie's a big reason why, because I just think it's a luxury. You, you figure, okay, you, you going into this thing, projecting it. Brandon Bean talked about Isaiah McKenzie given every opportunity to win these these return jobs. The thing about it is, when you get down to it at the, at the start of September, if this this thing's even remotely close in the return game competition. Isaiah McKenzie is the easy choice because of what he does for you on offense. Yeah. And, and one last thing on Isaiah McKenzie, we've, we've sat here and talked about Brian Dable getting a job in 2022 and possibly taking a Mitch Trubisky with him. I guarantee he's going to want to take an Isaiah McKenzie with him as well, just because of the, mm. the culture, the leadership, the play alone. He's a guy that would be targeted to be brought along with, with Dable as well, if, and when he gets that job, but Stevenson, Isaiah McKenzie does a lot of the same things that he does. Now, Different types of speed. I, I think that Stevenson's more straight line speed. He's he's a fast player regardless. He's more straight line. Um, McKenzie's a little more shifty, a little more savvy in terms of route running, uh, and that comes with experience as well. But those last receiver spots, there's Isaiah Hodgins, who we talked about a lot this spring, who Stefan Diggs talked about saying, you know, he, he was working on some of the elements of what he saw us doing last year, and he filmed himself, and it's like, yeah, we can see it now. If you, you know, we want you to stay healthy, show what you can do. He's going to be in the mix for one of those final jobs. Jake Kumaro, who we mentioned yesterday, is going to be in the mix for one of those final jobs because of the special teams ability, uh, because of what he can bring to this team. Almost 100 special team snaps in six games last year during his time in Buffalo. Uh, they wanted to bring him onto the practice squad when they initially lost him to the Saints. Then eventually they re-signed him uh, after the season was over. Uh, and he, had the Bills won the AFC Championship game, he was going to be signed to be part of that main roster for what would have been the Super Bowl. So that goes to tell you how much or how highly they think of Akumaro as well. And we heard what Aaron Rodgers said about him yesterday. There's just so much talent top to bottom on this roster that some of those day three picks in this draft class where uh, are not locks and they're far from locks of making this roster where go back to 2017 McDermott's first year and his first draft, almost every single one of those players, you said, okay, well, they're going to either start or they're going to have a depth role. Or they're going to have a chance to win a starting job. That's not the case anymore. This team is so loaded across the board, which is a good problem to have that a player like Stevenson, I, I think the bills are going to hope that they can sneak onto the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, quick read here before we continue tops loves local tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supplies tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning and can be on your table that very night tonight, um, Tops Friendly Markets, uh, sponsor of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. 
Big day out in Orchard Park today. We were indoors. Some news to pass along that I just reported right before we went live. Jacob Hollister missed practice today. Everybody was talking about it. I realized, uh, I found out right before we were going to go on that he suffered a back injury. And he is considered day-to-day right now. And it's interesting. I know a lot of – I saw a lot of tweets like um, – you know, Zach Ertz alert. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Bills were uh, working out Josh Perkins, who uh, played with the Eagles and a couple other teams. Uh, not a guy that, you know, a, a bottom of the roster type of guy recently. And who knows, maybe a guy like that's brought in to, you know, add a, a body to the pile and you know, uh, to the numbers, everything like that. Uh, but I don't, I still don't foresee them adding at the position. Tommy Sweeney's trending upwards. Uh, Almost made a really nice play today on a on a low ball from Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky came back to to, to reality a little bit today. wasn't as uh, precise as he was yesterday. Uh, not bad, just like you know missed missed a few of his throws. And on a day where Josh Allen was as good as he was, it showed. Uh, but I want to talk about um, let's transition real quick to Saran Neal because this he had a big day today, mm. and Saran Neal is such an interesting guy because he wears so many hats for this team and i think he could do so many things first and foremost a roster lock you talked about a guy like taiwan jones in my opinion you talk about a guy like taiwan jones who brandon bean kind of pulled out and and talked about as a guy that just plays special teams well neil doesn't just play special teams but i think that his his role on this team is very important i mean they haven't gone out and gotten that big nickel safety guy and i think that in a lot of ways, they they still view Saran Neal as that option when they need it and they want to use it. They did it last year against Kansas City. I'm not sure that really anything that they did against Kansas City worked last year schematically or personnel-wise, but he is an option in that setting. And he's so good on special teams as a gunner. And now he's starting to, I feel like, just from his play, I'll be excited to talk to him uh, maybe at some point here in the next couple of weeks. It looks like he's a more confident player. He talked, um, I think it was 2019, about going, you know, really lacking confidence as a rookie and needing to kind of reshape his mindset going into his second season. And that happens for a lot of players as he came back, uh, switched positions to cornerback, uh, coming in as a safety. But Jordan Poyer went as far as to say that I tell Saran Neal, he's, this, I'm quoting him here, I tell Saran Neal all the time that he's maybe the great most gifted athlete i've ever seen with the way that he's able to run his quickness his jumping ability that's pretty high play praise from a guy in jordan poyer who's played a lot of nfl football and trains with a lot of talented people in the offseason neil made two plays today i thought they were both interceptions but one was close enough that i guess we're just gonna as a media core just rule it as a pass breakup instead of an interception but um the, the interception was a uh, throw by Mitchell Trubisky, and the close other close one was also by Mitch, I believe. Read more about that in my observations. But Saran Neal, another guy that, you know, they, you saw Teron Johnson come on last year, and he's a uh, strength of this team. And fit, the way that the season finished last year, you'd consider him that, uh, taking the Kansas City performance out of it. Having Saran Neal also in the mix, I mean, that's really good for Sean McDermott, who really covets his secondary. 
Yeah, you know, Saran Neal is kind of like the Isaiah McKenzie of the defense. He, he's the Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of everything. He can also do a little bit of everything on special teams, a really good gun, a really good in, in coverage and making plays there. I was actually a little bit surprised that he didn't have a bigger role on defense last year. I thought they were going to carve out a bigger role for him. I, I thought that um, they saw a role there, but it just never really came to fruition. Now, I will say in that first matchup against the Chiefs, he had one or two really nice plays against Travis Kelson in coverage where he made a pass breakup. One was on a third down play. I don't feel like they went to him much in the championship game, and it really showed with the success that the Chiefs had. Although, like you said, nothing was really working for Buffalo that day. Uh, and who knows what would have happened had they gone back to the well and, and tried that out. So I, I'm interested to see how he's utilized this year. Uh, he kind of has that versatility to, to be a big nickel. Like you mentioned, he's a defensive back. You know, that's just the best way to describe him on this defense, but he can hit, he can run, he can cover, he can make plays on the ball. Like you mentioned in, in your article. So uh, I think this could be a, a sneaky under the radar year for Saran Neal because it, it's tough to get on the field when you have Poyer and Hyde and, and uh, Trey White, and you know that he's not going to be in the mix of that cornerback two job. You have Taron Johnson in the slot. There's only so many defensive backs you can have on the field at once, uh, but I think that Neal could carve out some kind of special role on this defense and make some plays for the team when they call upon him. Mm-hmm. Uh, checking out any questions here. Um, I, I did see have... a good one here. Earlier. Oh yeah. Bring that they they up. wanted to know if you could answer this, where, uh, where was the interception that Boogie Basham made? Like how far away was he from the end zone? Are you allowed to mention that? That's a good question. And honestly, um, I feel like I've read through the guidelines several times and I'm still hesitant sometimes with, the detail what details we're able to give out and not i'm going to say no right now um if i can uh i mean i might double check with with pr maybe i'll tweet that out um but i would imagine wait for it that might be one of the plays like like with the bills that they ended up uh putting together and putting out on social media and that's when you'll be able to get a sense of where it was and how it happened i i kind of as training camp goes on you'll start to see them package those things as well and you can look for little things too like if you're a fan sitting back like man i really want to know more about who's playing where you know when you see a play by josh allen take a look around and see who's on the field (laughs) with them i mean that's those are little hints of things that you can do and you know sometimes you can kind of gain some understanding from you know we, we are allowed to to, to write about one-on-one matchups on plays. And sometimes that kind of gives some things away too. I know it's really tough for everybody involved. I understand it from the Bills perspective. They really want to try to keep people, you know, uh, other people in the league. I mean, in 2021, teams scout on social media now. That's just the way that, that it is. I will tell you on Saturday, the same rules apply for us. There's going to be maybe 30,000 people in the stands, but you know, we're going to report the same way. So it is what it is. You try not to harp on it and move on and um, go from there. Uh, Somebody's asking about Cody Ford. We talked a little bit about him yesterday. They're taking it slow with him. I thought that the, um, what we did see of him today, uh, the last two days, I'd say that he's looked better than expected. You know, going into this thing, you always wonder all right, are they going to like, are they going to really fully unleash him here? And he has been out there pretty consistently. I can't tell you where and in what teams and all that kind of stuff, but he has looked healthy. And that to me is the most important thing for a guy like that is 
How healthy are you? Are you able to consistently stay out there? I think the story will evolve as we get the pads on and everything like that. But as things were right now today, I think we're in a good spot. Let's go through some one-on-ones because I think partly that was where I was really impressed with um, Isaiah McKenzie today. I, the dude is just, uh, he's surgical with his route running in those moments Guys like him and Cole Beasley are just unguardable. And even for, when they go up against Taron Johnson, who lost in his one-on-one against Cole Beasley, and then Isaiah McKenzie a couple plays later, um, Dane Jackson, that's where the struggle started for him today. And I want to transition into that a little bit. We talked him up a lot last yesterday. Somebody tweeted at me today and said, uh, it's, it's 8 a.m. Has Matt Perino uh, had uh, some, given us some Dane Jackson hype yet? And I, I, I will not shy away from it. I'm very high on Dane Jackson. I think he's a really good player and I'm really taking my cues from what folks are saying about him because listen, we, you do this long enough and you start hearing how people talk about certain players, right? And what's been said about Dane Jackson elevates him a little bit because guys talk a little bit more in depth about him and a little bit differently. Now today it was a struggle. Uh, He, I think he tripped at one point on one play in 11 on 11. He got absolutely cooked in uh one-on-ones to the po- i don't have my notebook in front of me it's upstairs i can't i think it's in my um um go check out my observations it's written up in there yeah but he it is, it is. okay um yeah it was a tough it was a tough rap and then you get it and i think those kind of early d- struggles i think that maybe hangs around a little bit as practice goes on. And, you know, he had a tough practice. He made one really good hit. It was a physical play against McKenzie in 11 on 11. But the problem was McKenzie was up for the challenge and made a contested catch play. And that goes in even more into Isaiah McKenzie's value. I mean, you talk mm-hmm. about a little speedster, a gadget guy who's also willing to mix it up physically with no pads on yet. Um, so that it's just a tough day for Dane Jackson. There's going to be those days for all young players. And I would th- say it's a little weird if you don't have that happen from time to time. Yeah. And, and that's fair. And in your observations, you mentioned uh, he had a, he lost a matchup against Gentry, Tanner Gentry. He had a catch mm. against him. And then you said that Lance Lenore, he was almost dropped by Lance Lenore. So Lenore had a that really was good, it. Uh, the cutting ability you mentioned. So, you know, a, a wide receiver that I don't think any bills, fans are talking about former Dallas Cowboy player but in, in those one-on-one drills if you're a good route runner if you're you have a sudden burst if you're able to cut well uh you can really make it you know make an impression at least on a coaching staff there and those one-on-ones are tough so Dane Jackson like you mentioned look for him to bounce back there's going to be some ups and downs here in, in year two as he's competing for that number two cornerback job against Levi Wallace uh, so just keep an eye on that here in these next few days. And like you said, Saturday, there's gonna be a lot of fans in the stands that I'm sure are paying very close attention to that battle between Wallace and Dane Jackson for the number two cornerback job. It was fun, man. I mean, these, these post practice podcasts are going to get really fun once these pads come on. And, you know, we haven't seen the one-on-ones yet between the defensive uh, line and the offensive line. I am going to be parked, even if it has to, here's a bummer, even if it has to be binoculars, Sometimes because of the COVID situation where we're, where we're positioned, it's really hard to see. And hopefully they're going to do some one-on-one drills on Saturday, because I think we'll be able to kind of have some more mobility. But right now, if they do one-on-ones on that far part of the field, even inside, we're going to have to have the binocs out and, and maybe uh, have somebody 
one of the media members, me and Joe B sometimes do this, where somebody will have the binoculars out and the other guy's got the pad out um, because it's hard. You, you don't see everything. So hopefully uh, that's where my attention is going to be. We're going to bring you that, uh, the details of those one-on-ones, because I think that they're going to be really fun. Brandon Bean actually specifically uh, called that out as something that he's looking forward to. Um, spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops Pickup and Delivery. Shop for your groceries online, choose pickup or delivery. Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. Hit that like button. Subscribe to Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast on Buffalo Bills on NY Up. And Ryan, give us your final thought here. We got to get out of here. I got I got a radio hit. I <laughs> final thought. Looking forward to being up there in Buffalo on Saturday, covering the practice with you, Matt. Uh, Bills fans, you know, obviously stay locked in for our observation shows tomorrow as well uh, and Saturday. But you know, like Matt's mentioned, you, there's going to be some fans that are going to be tweeting a lot out there on Saturday. So even keep your eyes locked on that because there's going to be thirty thousand fans in the stadium. Yes, and I think you're going to be able to see everything. Um, on Saturday, I saw that was a question there. I don't think there will be the fan events traditionally like there are in the past, but I actually don't even have the details on that. So show up on Saturday and whatever we get, it's live football. It's going to be fun. Uh, and if, if you see me out there, don't, don't, uh, hesitate me and Ryan, uh, shout it out. We'll give you a wave. Maybe we can even say hi. Um, Yeah. Football is here. Training camp is here for Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an uncle, tell a sister, tell anybody that you know to watch Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. We got you covered all through training camp. Take care, everyone.